0: This is the Activate Podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom.
1: In this week's podcast...
0: And what we need to do is we need to begin seeing Jesus. We need to begin seeing the Holy Spirit. We need to begin to see the power of God as something worth waiting for, as something worth stopping for. How you see Jesus will shape how you wait. How you wait
1: will shape who you become. That's the thought of hearing from the Holy Spirit. Welcome to the Activate Podcast, the ministry of Journey Church International. My name is Brandon, and today Pastor Christian returns to the podcast to continue his message from Sunday. Um, We're in the heart of our series, Supernatural, Capturing the Power of the Holy Spirit. And in this series, we're learning more about the Holy Spirit so that we can become more aware of His presence in our lives and capture more of His power. Um, pastor Christian, there has been a consistent theme that I've noticed that permeates frequently through your messages. It's essentially this: God is speaking. Are you listening? Why is this so important for you as a pastor? And, and how important is the Holy Spirit in our ability to hear from God?
0: Yeah, really, the heart of the series for me is is that question. Uh, you know, it's it's can you hear me now? Right? It's it's the old Verizon commercial: Can you hear me now? My my goal for our church is that our people. Not only have the ability to hear the voice of God But but that they understand when it's Him They begin to recognize His voice uh, You know, back in the day Before there was caller ID Back in the day before uh, You know, you could FaceTime everyone uh, You know, you and I grew up in the In the era of corded phones You know, that weren't, didn't even have a digital face on them But the people that you were really, really close to All you'd have to do is pick up the phone And you knew who it was because you knew their, their voice My hope is that the people in our church begin to experience the Holy Spirit so much that they just recognize the voice, right? I mean, you could pick up your phone and say hello, and the minute someone said your name, you knew who it was because you knew the voice. I want our church to know the Holy Spirit so well that when he speaks their voice, when he speaks into their world, he doesn't have to say, hey, you know— I'm the Holy Spirit, but we know that's the Holy Spirit. Uh, why is that? The Apostle John said in his epistles of 1st, 2nd, 3rd John that it gave him no greater joy as a spiritual leader than to know that his spiritual children were walking in the truth. That that was his goal, that they would follow Jesus and that they would walk in the truth. About a year ago, I did a study with our elders on Enoch who early in the book of Genesis, we find out, lived for 300 years, which wasn't long in the genealogies of Genesis chapter 5. And then he was no more because he walked with God, and God took him home. We looked at Genesis 5, we looked at Galatians 5, and looked at what it meant to live by the Spirit, to walk by the Spirit. And we realized to have a relationship with God, you have to walk with God. To walk with God, you have to hear from God. To hear from God, you have to know how to listen to the Spirit, on a daily basis. So, my goals are as a pastor is that our people would walk with God. You you heard it in my message this week in Philippians chapter 3. What is my one goal for our church that they would know Christ. That's my one goal for our church that that they would know Christ. To know Christ, you have to walk with God, to walk with God. You have to hear the spirit, you have to listen to the spirit. The spirit is God's voice box. Into our life from heaven, I don't know if you've ever gone to a drive in movie theater. Uh, we had a few drive- in movie theaters in the town that I grew up in, and you could go watch the movie for free at some of them because they weren't radio station drive- in movie theaters you had, but you had to pay to have the voice box you had to pay to hang on the side of your car the sound so you could go for free, see what's on the screen, you just couldn't hear anything. The value, your payment, was to get the sound delivered to you. The Holy Spirit is the sound of God into your voice. It takes the spiritual message off the stage of the church. It takes the spiritual message off the pages of the Bible. It's not just a story that you see from afar. It's now a sound that you hear the Spirit speaking to you. The value of Christianity is being able to recognize the sound of God's voice speaking into your life through the Holy Spirit. It's actually the Holy Spirit who makes our page, the the words of the pages of our Bible um, go from reading to hearing. You know, how do you read a book with words on a page, but hear it? It's the Holy Spirit who takes that line off the page of the Bible and just speaks it out loud. To your spirit. The Holy Spirit is the voice box of God from heaven. So it's really, really important to me that our people walk with God, that they know Jesus. And to do that, they have to be able to communicate with the Holy Spirit.
1: I want to continue that thought of hearing from God. You stated in your message that every moment of every day, you have to process between two inner voices the lies of the devil and the truth of the gospel. Uh, the devil or Satan, I believe, and, and as Scripture points out, is a prof- is a professional at deception. He loves to deceive us. How how are you able to distinguish between those two voices, knowing that the devil or Satan loves to be a deceiver? Sure. Well, first you have to be aware, uh,
0: because Scripture says that the devil masquerades as an angel of light, so he he's got the ability, like a great voice actor um i don't know if you've ever listened to frank caliendo uh who can just do so many voices you could hear him on the radio and think he's actually somebody else i mean when he does mike dicker when he does stephen a smith or all this but when he does sean connery his sean connery is so much better than pastor mike Evans sean connery that he gave the students on wednesday night um but if you just hear his voice and don't know it's him you could think it's somebody else the devil masquerades as an angel of light, so he can whisper things in you, in your ear that, that you're not sure if it's him or if it's God. So it's it's really, really important. Ephesians 6 says our battle's not with people. Our battle is with, is with spiritual things, with evil, um, evil in the realms of the spiritual world. So how do we know what is the voice of God? We have to put on the armor of God. The first item of the armor of God is the belt of truth. We have to know the truth. And what we learned this week in the message is... You can only speak what you hear, but you can only hear when you stop and you can't begin to move forward spiritually unless you become an expert at stopping physically. So the only way you can put on the belt of truth is to know the truth. The only way you can know the truth is to study the truth. The only way you're going to study the truth is to stop your life long enough to do that. Uh, if if someone were to ask me, uh, Pastor Christian, here's what I feel like God's saying to my spirit How do I know if it's Him? I mean, to get real practical. uh, I would say, does Scripture back it up, or does Scripture refute it? Anything Scripture refutes is not the voice of God. Uh, I love telling people when they they talk to me and they say, here's a spiritual step that I'm facing, um, but I'm afraid. Could that be God? I tell them no, because God does not give us a spirit of fear. So Scripture tells me fear is not from God. Caution can be from God. Um, You know, waiting can be from God. Sometimes God can... Can put up a stop sign, but God does not give us a spirit of fear. So fear, no, fear is not from God. Um, if somebody says, Hey, I, you know, um, you know, I want to go do something that the Bible says is wrong, but I feel like God wants me to do it. Could that be God? No, God never, God never acts or speaks contrary to scripture. So you always go to scripture. Um, you say, What if it's a, what if it's a gray area? What if scripture doesn't speak to it in any way? Um, if it's a gray area, you need to pray about it. You need to really search your spirit. You need to talk to your spiritual friends and see what the Holy Spirit is leading them to tell you. And you need to talk to spiritual leaders. But, man, Scripture covers a lot, right? I mean, you've got 66 books written over 1,400 years by 40 different authors, uh, all authored from the God of the universe who sees the first day and the last day and everything in between at the same time. Scripture covers a lot. So if you know how to study your Bible, use your Bible. If you know people who know the Bible, Scripture speaks into a lot of things. So if someone says, how do I know if this is God? Go back to Scripture. If Scripture uh, contradicts it, it's not God. If Scripture confirms it, I still would pray about it. Seek my spirit about it, talk to spiritual friends, talk to spiritual mentors and leaders, but always start with Scripture.
1: Well, that's one of the primary sources that you, you mentioned that the Holy Spirit desires to speak to us through. Let's talk about those sources that you, you talked about in your message. One of those is Scripture. Others is Others are sermons. Uh, you mentioned extra Bible study, and then you said small group discussions. They all start with S. Where do most Christians tend to rely on their truth from the Holy Spirit, and is there a danger of leaning too much on one of those sources over the other? Yeah,
0: so, so most Christians, if you remember our quote a few weeks ago from, um, I think it was A.W. Tozer, most Christians just have no idea who the Spirit is. They don't give Him credit for anything. We like to think every one of our good ideas, every one of our good intentions, every one of our desires comes from God. So we give God credit for a lot of things that he's not asking for credit for that that he doesn't do. I think most Christians just say their gut is the Holy Spirit, and it's not the Holy Spirit. So we we have to learn to discern what is God and what is just us stamping God's name on it, right? A lot of times in Christianity, we just we put a God stamp on an idea of ours and say, God said this to me. And again, it contradicts scripture. Um, it, it's not a gray area. It's a black and white area, or it's something that's, you know, not biblical, not spiritual in the, in the least. There's a lot of popular sayings around the church that are not even biblical, right? God helps those who helps himself. That's not in the Bible. Like that is not the condition of God helping people. There's just a lot of things like that. Most people rely on a mixture of their gut on popular sayings, on spiritual traditions on someone who has mentored them or pastored them they just you know they have they have kind of a a, a hodgepodge a mixture of yeah. spiritual things that they give god credit for uh, so we say let's look at let's look at four let's look at scripture right it's unchanging um but w- we believe it's true generation after generation let's look at bible based sermons Right? Not pep talks. Um, but let's look at Bible-based sermons that expand and expound upon the Word of God. We said in our, in our message in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, it's with the heart you believe and with the mouth you confess that you're saved. But those things don't happen unless someone preaches and no one preaches unless God sends them. But nobody can hear without a preacher. So we know God uses sermons. He uses preaching, but Bible-based Preaching that expand the Word of God and expound on the Word of God. Uh, extra Bible studies, extra reading, devotional books, commentaries, Bible dictionaries are great. And talking to Christian friends. All of those are great. I would put all of those ahead of whatever sayings you have learned or whatever your gut feels. Always, you know, the phrase gut check, always check your gut with Scripture and see what the Bible says, and a combination of all. You say which one's the best? A combination of all of them, really. Uh, the Apostle Paul went and uh, started giving biblical truth to a group of Christians that were known as the Bereans, and they said every day after he got done teaching, they would go home and do a Bible study and fact check him. And he didn't rebuke him; he applauded them for their diligent study of God's Word, even after the message. So it's all those things. Listen to a sermon, then then go search the scriptures and find out more about that sermon. Do some extra Bible study on that topic, and then go talk to your small group about it. All of those things just dig up fertile soil that the Holy Spirit can plant seeds in. So all of those are really, really powerful. But if we just lean on our past and our gut and a few sayings, And we have some things that we think are spiritual sayings with no scriptural reference. Those can be dangerous, and those can lead people um, astray if if we use them incorrectly or out of context. And I've seen that happen a lot.
1: Well, as you prepare for a message, I know you probably— Lean on all of those All, of those.
0: all of, every, every message I give, I, I lean into Calling all of those. And, all of them. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, let me ask you this. What are some other resources you've used specifically to to learn more about the Holy Spirit in this series? Right, so
0: I mentioned the book Jesus Continued by J.D. Greer uh, that I that I leaned heavily on. For research of this series, it's a tremendous, tremendous book. Um, the book "The Holy Spirit: A Comprehensive Guide to the Holy Spirit" by John Wolvard, um is a great, great book. It's it's a seminary level education book. It's written from a heavily Baptist uh, point of view on the gifts of the Spirit. I like to read. Uh, I like to read different angles um, on th- of theology on secondary theology. Um, so Greer has a little bit different. Um, theology on, you know, the gifts of the, gifts of the Spirit, uh, than Walver does. Um, Francis Chan's book, Jesus, Conti- uh, not Jesus continued, but, um, The Forgotten God is phenomenal, um, on the Holy Spirit, just reintroducing us to the person of the Holy Spirit. And then Robert Morris has a book from a pretty charismatic view um, called The God I Never Knew, um, which is which is fascinating to study. None of those would I give my my stamp of, hey, read this, this is what I believe. But I learned valuable, valuable information from all four of those. Uh, I learned better why some of my Baptist friends believe what they believe. I learned better why some of my charismatic friends believe what they believe. Uh, I learned better why some of my reformed friends believe the way that they believe um, all of those things just gave me a better well-rounded view of the Holy Spirit but all of them lived on the core scriptural doctrine of the Holy Spirit as a person the Holy Spirit is God the Holy Spirit is indispensable in our relationship with God all of them were fascinating reads if you're someone who wants to study the Holy Spirit uh, more carefully go read all of them don't just read one of them one of them won't do for you what what you need to be done. But go read all of them, and then when you finished all four, come come ask me your questions. I would love to have a discussion on what what you learned about those things. That's
1: really good. That's really valuable information. Thank you, Pastor. Um, you said the primary hindrance of the holy of of to of Holy Spirit downloads. I, I love how you frame that. The Holy Spirit downloads is busyness. The primary hindrance to Holy Spirit downloads is busyness. I think everyone listening to this podcast right now would say, I'm extremely busy. In fact, I've never really met anybody who's not busy. Um, was there a decisive moment where you discovered this dysfunctional reality as you, you framed it in your message in your own life, Pastor Christian? And if so, what was one decision you made to start erasing that dysfunction?
0: Yes, yeah, so I heard in college for the first time the phrase, if Satan can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. And I really believe most most Christians— Uh, who have not just given their life over to sin If they're not walking closely to jesus, it's because they're busy not bad Uh, they really have a desire to be closer to jesus. They've just not They've just not put that desire into action in their calendar For us a couple different times. I mean we continually year after year have to adjust things as our kids grow But when christian my son was in second grade Uh, that was when we realized we were going to have to live differently Most of the families in our community that we ran with Uh, Christian was playing upward soccer at the time uh, Which was kind of his, you know, his fourth sport. He loved football baseball basketball We let him play soccer too because he had friends who played soccer But baseball season started a month into soccer season So we had four weeks with soccer and baseball as a second grader So I mean not not a lot but one soccer practice a week one baseball practice a week one soccer game a week one baseball game a week. And during that month, date night went away. During that month, um, family dinners went away. It was fast food all the time. During that month, uh, family nights went away. During that month, it was more difficult to do uh, my devotions every day. Uh, During that month, I didn't work out like I needed to work out. And And as a second grader, we just looked and we said, you know, this is what everyone does. They play every sport all the time but we can't be the family God wants us to be. We can't have the marriage God wants us to have. Uh, we can't have any downtime like we want to have. So we're just going to choose not to do this. That was probably the first our first big break with culture was when we just said we are not going to let youth sports run our life. We're going to we're going to do things different. We're going to put our relationships with Jesus first. We're going to actually have time to be in small group with other people during the week. We're gonna put our marriage second. We're gonna we're gonna have time to go on dates and date nights. We're gonna open up some time on the weekends. We are not gonna live our entire life for the next sixteen years at the ball fields um, every weekend only to send our kids away having never experienced a weekend themselves uh, and and have a wife that I've never took a vacation or a trip with uh, because of that. Uh and it was weird, you know, we broke community with some people. But what it did for us spiritually was was just phenomenal because it it opened up time for for personal Bible study, it opened up time for small group, it opened up time in our marriage, it opened up time in our marriage, it opened up time in our family to go on vacation uh, so for us it, it was ins- I mean it was a reality in second grade uh, that we just looked and said this is this is insane. We are not going to let youth sports run our life um, and you asked me you know w- what decision was made to erase the dysfunction. Really, we didn't focus on the dysfunction. We focused on health. We said, we're going to reset with health, and then and then we'll see if we even have time for dysfunction. And when we reset with health, we realize that we didn't have time for dysfunction. And I've said this at our church. I've probably said it on this podcast. Four areas that we look at as, as a family, depart daily withdraw weekly, quiet quarterly, abandon annually. Those are the very first things we put in our schedule. Every day we need to spend time with God. We need to spend a little time on ourselves, taking care of ourselves, jogging, having some quiet time, doing a hobby, do whatever fills your soul. Every day that's the first thing that gets put in. Every week the first thing that gets put in is withdraw weekly, a, a a Sabbath time with God, time with family. Danielle and I always have our date on that day. It is the first thing that is put into our calendar every week. Quiet quarterly, which is a time of rest and a time of fun with family. We lay those into our calendar before we sign up for anything else that we do and then abandon annually. Time away with family. Um, and then it's time away from work, which I've learned is an act of trust and humility. Most people don't want to leave their job because they feel like their job is their life. They feel like their job is their lifeline um, and they feel like if I leave my job and come back and it's not there, I'll have nothing. So it becomes a time of trust because you walk away saying, really, God, you are the source of my life, not my job. So I'm going to trust you to be away from my job. And then it's an act of humility because another reason people don't leave their job is because they think no one can do it but them. And the reality is every job that anyone has, somebody did it before them. Someone will do it after them. If they slide around in the snow today on the way home and die We're recording this on a Wednesday afternoon. By next Wednesday, someone will be doing your job, might even do it better than you. Um, So going on vacation, it doesn't just allow you to be with family. It allows your spirit to learn to trust, and it allows your spirit to have a little humility, give up a little control, um, and it allows you to really have some gratitude towards your job instead of an entitlement about it. Uh, I've just found out it's really, really healthy. So we said we're going to start our schedule with health, depart daily, withdraw weekly, quiet quarterly, abandon annually. And then we'll try to do as many other things as we can, but we never, we will never violate those. Uh, and that choosing that says no to a lot of things. Um, and my son is 17 and my daughter is 15, and I don't feel like we've missed out on, on a lot in life that has shaped their soul or our family. Have we missed out on some, on some baseball teams and some basketball trips and some relationships? Yeah. Um, but are are they the people we want them to be at 17 and 15? They're heading in that direction. Uh, it's certainly not been detrimental to their soul um, to be as busy as everyone else. And they have built into the rhythm of their life now. When they're adults, the only way you're going to hear from God is to stop. The only way you're going to stop is to choose choose health. Uh, so that's kind of that's kind of how we did that. And and I mean you know this, Brandon. We we fight for this. We're currently fighting through this with our staff. I mean, in this room last week, we kind of identified our staff isn't guarding this as closely as we used to. And it's time for a reset with our leadership staff and our families. It's time for a reset. If we believe this, we have to do this. And then we have to figure out where the chips fall with everything else. Uh, And I think we're all very, very glad to pick up the challenge and try to do it again. Uh, That's
1: that's extremely powerful. And you can't restate those enough pastor christian that's that's good final question today um as we wrap up our podcasting in christianity becoming is more important than doing that's that's a statement you made in your message so so important for us to understand we are so accustomed though pastor christian of doing we even ask questions like what do you do for a living or what are you doing this weekend? We are doers. That's that's what we do. Doing implies activity. So what does it look like for us to wait and be still?
0: Yeah, so, so first, I didn't state this in my message. I read the verse. Paul stated this in his statement, Philippians 3.10, I want to know Christ, becoming like him. He didn't say, I want to know Christ, so I'm going to do all these things. He said, I want to know Christ, and I want to become more like him. So we said, becoming is more important than doing. Paul didn't say, I want to, you know, I I want to know Christ and do everything that he did. He just said, I want to become like him. So what does it look like to wait and be still? Well, one, it looks unnatural. It looks like a waste of time and it feels unnatural. It feels like a waste of time. Texas Roadhouse just opened here. Danielle and I ate there last night for dinner. It was phenomenal. One of my favorite features is the call ahead seating because there's always a crowd and I hate to wait. Chick-fil-A has, you know, started a a pickup service where you can order on the app and just drive in and pick it up and get it. I love that because I hate to wait. If Starbucks. yeah, Starbucks has it, Panera has that. If you want to punish me. Like if you said, you know, Pastor Christian jokingly speaking, what do you think hell could be like? A lot like the DMV. I mean probably, right? I mean a, or Disney um, World. Yeah, or or Disney. Um <laughs> the doctor's waiting room is awful. I always buy early bird on Southwest not so that I can get a better seat, but so I don't have to stand in line as long like, you know, like cows waiting to be slaughtered. The the fast pass at Disney. Disney is awful. Um the fast pass makes it a little better because you pay to just stand in line. I hate to wait. People hate to wait unless there's some great reward for the wait. You watch KU students wait nights in line to get tickets for the biggest games, and the reward is worth the wait. If you showed up early to the World Series parade, the hours you had to wait to be there when Haas and Moose and Salve and the trucks drove by and you had a front row seat were absolutely worth it. When your family returns from a really long trip, if you've ever had a, a loved one or a friend who's in the military and they're coming back from being away for months, you get to the airport early and you don't mind waiting. The wait is worth it for those things. And what we need to do is we need to begin seeing Jesus. We need to begin seeing the Holy Spirit. We need to begin to see the power of God is something worth waiting for, is something worth stopping for. If Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the power of God is another thing we do, then we got to hurry because we got a lot of things to do. But if we see it as an appointment with somebody who is so super important that we would wait days to get a ticket to be with them. If we see it as an appointment with an old friend who we haven't seen in a long time, who's only stopping into town for a few hours, and they've just asked us to wait at this coffee shop until they can get there, and they'll be there as soon as they can. We'll be there as early as we can. We'll wait as long as we can because it's appointment waiting, an appointment that's really, really important. So how you see Jesus, how you see the Holy Spirit will shape How you wait, and how you wait will shape who you become. That's the reality of Philippians 3.10. How you see Jesus will shape how you wait.
1: How you wait will shape who you become. That's the thought of hearing from the Holy Spirit. Pastor Christian, that was really good. I'm reading through this psalm right now, and that was something I recognized with what David said continually said throughout his psalms is there was a there was a consistent anticipation a longing a desire to be in the presence of all great of, words absolutely of, of god so uh, i want that in my own life so pastor christian has been a powerful powerful podcast thank you for taking the time to share your heart with us today and and this series has had a tremendous impact on our church so thank you And we're so thankful that you listened to Activate today. Don't forget to share this episode with your friends. And if you find yourself ever in the Kansas City area and you live outside of of the metropolitan Kansas City area, come join us on a Sunday worship experience. Um, We we would love to have you. You can learn more about all of our services online at takethejourney.cc. We'll catch you on our next Activate podcast where we challenge you to build a faith that is active. Thank you for listening to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church
0: International. If you are ever in the Kansas City area, we would love for you to join us for one of our Sunday worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please show your support by subscribing, rating, and reviewing on iTunes or Google Play. We would love for you to help us get the word out about this resource. Don't forget to share this episode
1: with all your friends on social media. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.